Warning, this podcast contains mature themes, coarse language, and hella spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. bunch of women in a grand old house with one man in control, what could go wrong? Find out this week on Love and Horror. Christmas time, Christmas time, it's our Christmas time. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I can't believe it's like right now, four days, five... Math is hard. We're starting off <laughs> real good today. Six days till Christmas. Well, it is. We ate ourselves stupid last night. And even sure though I had did. like one glass of wine, I felt hungover this morning. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's kind of like a carb hangover. I or definitely. really like a cheese hangover. Mm, cheese hangover is definitely a thing in my, my world. Cream but it was- cheese, cheddar cheese, matzo cheese. Shrimp scampi. Do we have feta cheese too? No, but oh. it was just another cheese. Another feta feta cheese. Shrimp scampi, shrimp cocktail. Shrimp gombo. <laughs> and on that note, this is not a podcast that we watched Forrest Gump in, but... No, uh, I do love Forrest Gump though. It's one of those movies that if it's on TV, I will never not watch oh, it. 100%, like, 100%. Never not watch so it. So good. But we... Uh, did watch some movies this week. We sure so did. So this is our last episode before Christmas. Yeah, last episode of the year too. Yeah. So uh, we kept in the Christmas spirit um, and I made you watch Meet Me in St. Louis or St. Louis, however you choose to. Uh... I, I say St. Okay, I say St. Louis because whenever I'm like, how do you say it? I think of how the rapper Nelly says it because he's from St. Louis and he like mentions St. Louis in his well, music a lot. So I'm like, well, Nelly is apparently my um, like authority. Down, down, baby. I don't know why, <laughs> but anytime I ever say St. Louis, it's like, well, Nelly. So um, so he's the you ambassador. know, and we talked about this a little bit last last episode when we were talking about what movies we were watching, mm-hmm. and we had a little like. Is it this or is it this? And I yeah. said, I think it's St. Louis. And then, like, almost one of the first scenes in the movie, they actually talk yeah, about yeah, it. So I'm I like, know, I okay, that... we were both right. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, I had seen this movie before, but it's been many, many, mm-hmm. many years. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it was almost like I was watching it for yeah, the first time again, yeah. too. I Actually, there were lots of things that I thought I remembered about it that mm. weren't actually a thing. Oh, or, interesting. Yeah, so... Um, so it was, it was definitely good to watch it again. Yeah. And then um, my movie, kind of same deal. I hadn't watched it in a while. I had you watch the original Black Christmas this week. So, yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into the movies, any interesting updates in your life? Any plans for the holidays? Other yeah, than us eating just, ourselves uh, stupid on cheese last night? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a good time. It was. That was, that was a party. And playing Trivial Pursuit. Yes. Because it's not a party unless... Laura's trying to be oh so smart. Yeah. I'm good, 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 and oh, oh so, so smart. smart. Um, yeah, no, just uh I'm still like furiously crafting. Yeah, me um, too. Because yeah, I've already told you it's like you're not 
getting your gift. <laughs> I'm going to try to have it like by the end of the year, but. Yeah. yeah and the, the crafting gift that I had planned for you mm -hmm. is going to now be your birthday gift. Oh, Because okay. it's going to take me till April. Okay. I literally thought it was just that toque that you made me. And I was like, this took you no time at all. <laughs> no, that was yeah. the backup craft. Oh, okay. Well, hey. <laughs> um, but I definitely uh, made you find me a stack of books to put the microphone on for this recording so that I could oh. crochet while we record. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> If there is a minute of the day that my fingers are not pulling yarn through them, it's wasted. This at is the true. Point. This is true. Yeah. That's a waste. Do you have any uh, life updates yourself? Um, Not really. No, it's just furiously getting ready for the holidays. And, and of course, just like everything that I've done for the holidays this year, all along I've been like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to decorate until I decide, okay, i got to decorate. And then I go crazy decorating. Yep. I'm not really going to do any baking this year. Oh, and all of a sudden, like, night before last, the baking bug hit and I yep. had to go to the grocery store and spend all of the rest of my paycheck on baking supplies. <laughs> and so now I've made caramel corn and nuts and bolts and I've got the whole, after choir practice this afternoon, the whole rest of my evening is... Uh, Gonna be cookie making. Nice, awesome. Are you gonna make your spritz cookies? I'm gonna make spritz cookies, and I'm gonna make my go-to coconut oatmeal yeah, brown sugar so chewy cookies. I'm surprised they didn't make an appearance at our party yesterday. If I would have gotten the stick out of my butt sooner mm -hmm. and realized, yeah. like, yeah, I do like doing Christmas stuff. Yeah, this year has just been such a mind fuck that it's like yeah. I thought I wasn't in the spirit, but then you know what? Actually, coming here last night and we had you know one other friend with us and. Yeah. And listening to Christmas music and having snacks and it totally got me in the feels for yeah, Christmas. So. Yeah, that was kind of like, I was kind of being like a grump for most of December <laughs> and just like in a bad mood. And then, yeah, yesterday as I was like preparing for you guys to come over and then I like was doing my baking and I made my wee tiny little gingerbread they were houses. So cute. And I was just like, oh yeah, maybe it's not so bad. If you like <laughs> surround yourself with the people that you want to surround yourself yeah, with. Yeah, that's uh then it's like, oh hey, I like doing stuff. Yeah, we're gonna have a pretty quiet Christmas as far as like visiting people and stuff. Like yeah. you know, just me and my husband's small little family groups and Yeah. No big parties or anything. Our three-person party was the biggest party I'm attending this year. So. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely feeling much more in the spirit now. Yeah, so. same thing. All right, well, let's start talking about some Christmas movies okay. then. Okay, am I talking about your movie first this week? Well, I have no freaking clue. I feel like we talked about the scary movie first last time. I think that's probably right. Okay. And it really doesn't matter. It matters to me. It matters. <laughs> Everything matters. <laughs> you went just to the exact same place. That nothing is fine. Nothing is ever fine. <laughs> um, all right. So I made you watch Meet Me in St. Louis or Louis. <laughs> um, and I picked it for like a real, real small specific mm, reason mm -hmm. uh it is arguably not a christmas movie mm -hmm. um it's a christmas movie yeah i actually even have a note written down about that oh um wikipedia and and i mean of course wikipedia is the authority yeah it's, says, it's it knows everything it is it categorizes it as a christmas musical film so yeah Crossing my arms and humping. Hmm. It's a Christmas it movie. Yeah. Um, 
But really, just because I want to talk about Have Yourself a Merry Little yeah. Christmas. Yeah. It, you know, it does take place over the course of a whole year, yeah. but it is Christmas heavy, and it it's where that song came from. That song yeah. didn't exist before And I feel this like a lot and, of, like, the... The action or, like, a lot of, like, the important parts the, kind of Yeah, come out kind of the climax time, so. of it is, yeah. is at Christmas time. So, yeah. I, um, yeah, and just because such a, an important Christmas song that is part of every Christmas yeah. playlist or anything you hear now yeah. came from that. I'm like, that solidifies yes. it as a Christmas class. 100%. So, did you know anything about it before you watched it? Um, no, I, like, I knew that Judy Garland was in it. Um, and apparently, like, as I was watching the movie, I realized that I had completely confused this movie for White Christmas. Mm. So I was like, well, when does that scene happen? When does this... Oh, this is a completely different movie. So, no, I did not know anything past Judy Garland. White Christmas has, is, is is a classic as well. Mm-hmm. It has recently come under some considerable scrutiny for... Oh. And it, it's one of those, like... In 2021 eyes. Yeah. But there's, like, scenes about, like, minstrel shows and stuff, so... Ooh, that's right. Yeah, yes, so it yeah. gets a little a Ooh. little iffy. Really, with the minstrel show thing, it really gives a whole new uh, meaning to White Christmas. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yikes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it would be more effective if they could see us pulling out our yeah, collars. Yeah, you know, if this was, like... Uh, once again, it's a visual medium. It's not a visual medium. <laughs> I, I can't even remember what podcast it was now but um oh it was I was watching a YouTube video this morning of like this homesteading channel that I watch and they said we filmed a podcast last night and I'm like I know whenever I hear people do that is it really a podcast or is it just another YouTube video YouTube video and that's fine which is yeah but yeah I, I know someone who's like oh I'm starting a new podcast and she had another podcast that was like on YouTube and she's like I've started a new podcast with this person it's like They've started a YouTube channel. Yeah. Like, just say it right. Call it what it is. Yeah. Um, look at us gatekeeping what a podcast is. Yeah. Because we're, we're so, you know, it's like, look, we're six months into this. We know everything about podcasts. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Meet Me in St. Louis uh, was released in 1994. It won an Oscar for Best Screenplay. It had, Did like, you just say 1994. Probably. 1944. <laughs> yeah. 1944. Um, and it takes place in 1904. Yes. Um, but yeah, it won an Oscar for the best screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nominated for a total of seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, it stars Judy Garland. It stars a whole bunch of people. I picked out three from the yeah. list. Uh, Judy Garland, Margaret O'Brien, and Mary Astor, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, Margaret O'Brien the, became quite famous after this. She was mm-hmm. she played Tootie. She was the youngest little, yes. the one that I feel like you probably identified with. Yes. <laughs> I, I as I was Judy. watching it again, I'm like, oh yeah, oh Deanne's gonna love her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she actually is still alive and working. Cool. She is um, one of the last surviving stars from the quote unquote golden age of yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and she was in a couple other movies that I remember her in. One of them being she played Beth in, like, the old Little Women. Oh, okay. Um, so there's obviously been a few versions of Little Women. But, yeah, yeah the, like, the original one, she was yeah. she was Beth in that. And that's really, I think, what I remember her 
best from. Yeah. This movie was directed by Vincent Minnelli, uh, who Judy Garland met on the set and eventually married. And then oh, they was had, it was it this set? This that was she, oh, where okay, they met. Cool, yeah. Cool. And uh, then they had Liza. Liza. Um, it was made for a budget of one million eight hundred and fifty-five hundred thousand. Whatever. Yeah. In in like nineteen forty four money. In nineteen forty four oh, okay. money. So that I feel like is significant. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like it's got some really grand sets and stuff, mm-hmm. so I can see that. Yeah, um, for sure. And it grossed uh twelve million eight hundred thousand. Cool. It was based on a series of short stories by Sally Benson that were published in the um The New Yorker. Mm. It was a critical and commercial success. It was the second highest grossing film of 1944. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was declared culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress. Wow. The reception of this movie was like what you'd expect. Yeah. Everybody loved it. The critics loved it. The, yeah. It was a commercial and critical success. I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes, and that feels almost like sacrilegious with a movie like this, but it has 100% on Rotten hey, Tomatoes. Hey, wow. I didn't look up the Metacritic. Yeah. Um, I had, I thought I had saved some reviews here, but the, oh yeah. Um, three quarters of a century later, the film still beckons the miracles of love and family. It's a fine-tuned pastel romp worthy of its place among the best of the big brass Hollywood musicals. I won't read anymore because they're all the same. It's yeah. all just like, there's lots that call it like the prettiest movie of the year or um, different things like that. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more little fun facts, but I will let you get into your side of things first. Okay. Um, tell us about the plot. Okay, so... Uh, I almost said White Christmas. <laughs> so Meet Me in St. Louis happens in um, St. Louis. <laughs> and it follows um, kind of a year in the life of this family who um, there's a couple like littler girls and then a couple teenage girls who are kind of trying to uh, kind of get married and, you know, find find the right one that they've known for five minutes and then they want to marry. <laughs> of course. Because it is a rom-com or not a rom-com, but it is a... A romantical movie. Right. The dad drops a bombshell because he's a lawyer and he drops a bombshell like, oh, by the way, in the new year, we're moving to New York City. Guess Get what? ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, I don't, what? I don't want to move to New York City. And then, of course, the two older girls who kind of have their bows, they're like, well, I don't want to leave them and this sucks and I hate everything. And if anyone wants me, I'll be in my room. <laughs> So, um... Not crying. Singing sad songs. Singing very sad songs at a very happy time of the year. <laughs> but uh, it all kind of culminates at Christmas time. Um, it's kind of a Christmas miracle when they decide, no, we will stay in in St. Louis. And, um, and you know, you can have your, your, your fiancés and you can get married. <laughs> and then we kind of see, see a bit of a, of a, like, a denouement in uh, the spring... When they go to the St. Louis uh, World's Fair, which I did not realize was a part of this film, mm, but yeah. it kind of creates like this kind of big backdrop. Like they're always kind of looking forward to the World's Fair. And yeah. The whole movie, that's kind of how they 
show the timelines and yes. the part of the year there, yeah. and it's this many months to the World's Fair. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and then it ends with us seeing them at the World's Fair. Go figure. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I'll give you a few little fun facts here. I'm kind of all over the place today. Just, well, just today, though. Just. <laughs> Womp womp. <laughs> I talked about uh, Margaret O'Brien becoming quite famous after this. Mm-hmm. And I found this little t- trivia tidbit that was, Following Margaret O'Brien's rapid ascent to stardom, her mother believed that they were entitled to a significant raise. Oh. And this was in the times of, like, you were contracted to a studio, right? So, right, yes. Yeah. So uh, she used this film as leverage, realizing how oh. integral the role of Tootie was to the story. MGM raised the ante by announcing the casting of Sharon McManus in O'Brien's place. Ooh. So they're like, give us more money. And they're, you're like, you're disposable. Yeah. Um, we can do this for cheaper. Judy Garland didn't want to do this movie. Interesting. She scoffed at the idea of portraying another teenager. She was 21 at the time and yeah. felt she should be having grown-up lady roles. She's a grown-up. Um, and she wanted nothing to do with the film. Her mother even went to MGM, Chief Louis B. Mayer. Uh, on her behalf. However, Vincent Minnelli convinced her to play the part of Esther Smith, hmm. and Garland later fell in love with the story. In her later years, she considered it one of her favorite roles. Oh, okay. I like stories like that that are like, I didn't want to do it. Now it's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there was a, f- I don't know if I want to say fun story about <laughs> Judy Garland's behavior on set. Oh. So, you know, Judy Garland was troubled. Yes. For her whole life. Like, that poor woman went through so much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And Mary Astor, who played her mom in the movie, said there was one day where she was late on set. And everybody was, you know, waiting around for Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. And she was in every scene. Yeah. um, Yeah. So this, this story actually comes... Quoted from Mary Astor, she said, I walked into Judy's portable dressing room one tense morning, and she greeted me with her usual cheery, Hi, Mom. I sat (laughs) down on the couch while she went on primping and said, Judy, what the hell's happened to you? You were a trooper once. She stared at me. I went on. You've kept the entire company waiting out there for two hours, waiting for you to favor us with your presence. (laughs) Um, You know we're stuck. There's nothing we can do without you at the moment. And she just giggled and said, Yeah, that's what everybody's been telling me. That buggered me, and I said, well then, either get the hell on set or I'm going home. And she grabbed me by the hand and her face, uh, and had her face all crumpled up. I don't sleep, Mom. And I said, well, you go to bed earlier then, like we all have to do. Yeah. You're not so damn special, baby. Oh. <laughs> and stalked out in my own unthinking high dudgeon. <laughs> and it was some years later before I really knew what she had been going through. Yeah. So apparently it was a bit of a challenging oh, shoot. Oh, I bet. So those are my fun facts. So why don't you go ahead and tell us? Um, I And then, of course, I've got my little... I've been teasing for weeks that I can't wait to talk about Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. You're going to sing the whole damn song, aren't you? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. How awkward do you feel just sitting across the room know, watching know, me sing? You're like, where to look or what, what do I do? do? Uh, okay. Put my book here. But yeah, we'll get to... I'm sure that'll come up in your... Yeah. So oh, yeah. I will, I yeah, will for sure. talk about it then. Okay, so my first thought was the opening credits and how much I love movies from the 40s and the 50s. Just uh, like those little like title cards yeah. and everything. I just love them. Um, yeah, like I'm a big 
horror fan, but I love movies that were like, I call them like MGM backlot movies. Yeah. You know, like I just love them. I love like the musicals from that time period. I just, I love it so much. I really love them too. And I love the feeling of them being almost like a play that was filmed. Yes. And like, that is actually very much how they approached filmmaking yeah. in the early days. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just has that feeling. I, I, it gives me warm fuzzies. Too. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so we see, uh, not in the first scene, but it's kind of the first thing I remember that, uh, little Agnes comes in th- kind of through the kitchen and then through the, the room and she's singing the meet me in St. Louis. And it's like, who is this kid? <laughs> and she had been swimming in her underclothes. And so she walks through the room and it's like, those are some pretty uh, see-through bloomers. Indeed. I can see yeah, your there was entire some... bum there, yeah. Agnes. It's like things that probably wouldn't... No, things that for sure wouldn't fly today. Yeah. It would be like, that is inappropriate. <laughs> um, so we see uh, Rose is kind of waiting for this... Well, Rose is playing it cool and not waiting around for this phone call. But it's like, well, you want to have a phone call. Yeah, totally. And so, and so they're all kind of scheming to get dinner done... Uh, you know, kind of like out of the way before the phone call is to happen at 5.30 or whatever time it was because they only have one phone, of course, and it's like right in the dining room. So she can't have this secret phone call with her lover <laughs> with everyone listening. So um, he's for sure going to propose. He's absolutely going to propose. So they have to like clear the room so she can, you know, have this serious uh, conversation. And she's talking to, I think it's she talking to Katie, the maid. And, uh, and she's like, well, we have to get out of here. And, and the, the maid is like, well, I don't understand like why this is such a big deal. I wouldn't accept a proposal over an invention. <laughs> and it's like, everything's an invention. Everything. A proposal is an invention. Yeah. I was watching like a documentary the other day and they were like talking about how like this group of people were anti-technology and it's like, technology isn't just like computers. Yeah. Like yeah. this technology. book is technology. Yeah. Like this, the like, wheel, the is, wheel technology. is technology. Like. Get off the high horse. glasses that I have on my face so I can read. Yeah, everything yeah. is technology. Yeah, everything's like, an invention. Yeah, chill out. It's not just this crochet hook dude. that's in my hand. Yeah, is technology. Exactly. So okay. I. That's yeah, fine. So um, I love the yards and the houses yes. in this neighborhood. I mean, you can tell it's like rich people. Yes. Although, like, probably not super rich because people could like afford shit back then. You know. Yeah. Um. I think I read something about them being, like, middle class. Yeah. And, you know, like, the, the streets are unpaved. Mm, and I mean, I don't true. know what... I never thought to look up what year that started happening. But, like, the streets looked pretty m- mucky. Yeah, even, right? I don't... Like, I don't know that they would necessarily have paved roads back then. I keep forgetting this happened in 1903. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. But, yeah, that's right. Like, there was no... They stayed remarkably clean, like the hems of their skirts yes. and stuff for like no paved roads. Yeah. So that's interesting. I noted that as well. Yeah. As I was watching, I'm like, I feel like they'd have dusty hems. Yeah. And then um, we kind of see the first little bit of Tootie. And she is just a little psychopath. <laughs> I love her, but damn girl. Yeah. Like, you need to be watched because she comes in and she's like have you seen my cat and um the maid is like i kicked him down the stairs and i heard his spine hit each step which is first of all horrifying down katie yeah and then and then just to like up the ante 
Tootie responds with, I'll kill you. I'll stomp you to death. Yeah. And it's like, that's, who are you? That's an appropriate response for like a six-year-old. Right? Like, uh, just so crazy. Such a, <laughs> such a, such an insane child. And um, later in, in the movie, like a couple scenes later, we see maybe, you know, why, how she's developed her psychopathy. <laughs> Because it's like, who is watching this child? No one. It's like, oh, where's our small child? I don't know. Oh, she's helping sell ice with a strange man and talking about her doll dying. What yeah, is, she comes what? up with all these, like, stories about her dolls and how they died. And she's got, like, a graveyard for her dolls. Yeah, which I love, but it's like... You're just like, oh, you should go and help this man that we're not related to just sit on his friggin' wagon with, <laughs> all alone, like, as a six-year-old. Also, if I was that man, I would not want to just take a six-year-old to help, quote-unquote, help me all day. Just, uh, But that's where we see the the, con- the conversation. We're like, is it St. Louis or is it St. Yeah. Louis? And it's like, well, my, like, brother or whatever his name is. Lewis, and he always calls himself Lewis. And she's like, well, there's this song. Meet me in St. Louis. They really got some fucking mileage out of that song. Yeah. In this, in this, like, if there was such thing as, like, viral hits back then, that would have been it. <laughs> totally. And it gets stuck in your head, too. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know how, like, the actual song goes. I just, like, when I think of that song now, which I hadn't heard until I saw this movie, mm. I just think of, like... The drunken way the little girl said yeah. it. Like, meet me in St. Louis. And then I feel meet like maybe that song. I hear song, neighbors probably think we're insane right now. Well, they can get over it because they are like the stompiest people that ever stomped on the earth. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of, I wanted to kind of look into what the opinion of the song was at the time. Because mm. I feel like there's kind of like some scandalous lyrics. For the time in this song. Well, I always just assumed, and again, this is just assuming, but I I assumed that that song was like for the state, for the World Fair. Yes. Like saying, come to St. Louis, meet me there for the, yeah. Meet me at yeah. the fair, I guess. Yeah, it would. Yeah, be. yeah, yeah. But it's just like they, they talk about dancing the hoochie coochie. Oh, yeah. And then there's some other thing about. Like kissing or my tootsie wootsie or something yeah the tootsie like wootsie and it's like this seems kind of body I don't Ooh. know yeah but yeah I don't know that just like stood out to me it's like how did they how did they react to this song mm. and then I started thinking about like the whole thing it's like well was this like a movie that was like like how we would like look at like almost like a teen sex movie nowadays mm. you know like was it was it I don't like, think so like, like it was that? was like, like my parents be like you can't watch that movie like I don't think so. Every review I read of it, every single critical or, like, anything yeah. was all, like, it was beloved right from okay. the start. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, so then we, we see grumpy old dad mm-hmm. come back, and it's just like... And he's, like, extra grumpy. Yeah, but then I just feel like it's kind of like a father's, father knows best kind of era. And yes, it's just like, yeah. you, you know, children should be seen and not heard kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so then he finds out that they were all trying to get him to eat early so that Rose could take her phone call. And he's like, no, I'm the dad. I'm going to take an ice yeah. cold bath for a fucking hour and fuck you if you want to eat now. Yeah. 
So we're um, doing things the way I want to do them because I am the dad. The end. Yeah. You know, it's funny how like there's actually a lot of um, a lot of movies with that same kind of premise as this, where it's like the era of children should be seen and not heard. But this movie is about. The family who doesn't abide, or, you know, whose children aren't. Yeah. Following that or whatever, you yeah. know, like this, this, this is the family that everybody's outspoken and loud and crazy and weird kids talking about death and. Yeah. Um, I do feel like a lot of that happens when like the dad is at work though. Yeah. Because even the mom says something later on where she's like, oh, we can't possibly expect, you know, this is, this is not something we're going to like involve your father with or mm, whatever. Yeah, so I yeah. feel like a lot of things are like, yeah, well, this is just what we do when dad's not here. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So then he's, he gets real mad because everyone's keeping a secret from him that Rose is waiting for this phone call. And, uh, he says, Tootie, remind me to spank you after dinner. <laughs> and she's like, okay, Papa. And then she turns to Agnes and she's like, if I forget, remind me to tell dad to spank me. But yeah, the, uh, I wrote, this dad is insufferable. Poison that soup, Katie. (laughs) He really is. Like, he's like, yeah. Just like, I am the patriarch. You will do as I say. We're moving to New York and I'm not even going to have a conversation with my wife about it Yeah. Yeah. Um, But now let's have a loud, awkward conversation in front of everyone because we had to have dinner late and so we have to talk to to our beau. And there's, like, so much, like, yelling back and forth. And it's, like, you don't even need... Yeah. You don't even need the phone. Just, like, stand outside your window and you can just yell from New York. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that that technology of the phone and they're, like, nobody can hear anybody clearly or anything. But it was still such a magnificent technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it's all the way from New York City. Yeah. Yeah, because I even remember being, like, little and talking, um, like, long distance, like, with, like, relatives down east or whatever. And it wasn't a great connection. Yeah. Like, now you can, like, and then, like you know, like, when we first got, like, cell phones, the connection wouldn't be great. And now it's oh, just, yeah. like, crystal clear all the yeah. time. Yeah. Ah, oh, technology. So then they decide to have a party and the, and the neighbor boy gets invited who just moved in, like, earlier that year or whatever. And immediately after, like, just talking to him or, like, kind of making eyes at him across the yard, Esther's like, I've decided I'm going to let that boy kiss me tonight. And it's like, have you even ever spoken to him? Yeah. Like, and, uh, and her sister Rose is like, nice girls don't let men kiss them until after they're engaged. <laughs> it's like, damn, lady. Yeah. But, uh, oh, the, the boy's name is John. And he's, like, so clueless. <laughs> Like, like they both like each other, but they don't know how to, like, do anything about it. Yeah, which is pretty timeless. Yeah, this is fair. But then, so as the party ends, she's like, well, everyone is left, but can you help me turn off all the lights in the house? And then they're turning off the lights, and he's like, sure is dark. She's like, yeah, it's like that when you turn off the lights. <laughs> but I like how he had this, like, this, like, stick to, like, reach up and, like, yeah. turn the lights off. And they're in the kitchen, and he reaches up a stick to turn off two lights, and then he puts the stick down and he reaches up with his hand, just turns off the other two yeah. lights, and it's like, you didn't really need that you stick there. You didn't stick at home all. slice. Yeah. Um, but then but I he, love that they're gas lights and you have to turn yes. each yeah. Yeah, each one off individually. And, and then, like, the amount of time that would have taken, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Just 
get some electricity in there. <laughs> um, and then because he's super smooth, he's like, I like your perfume. It smells just like my grandma yeah. wears. It's like smooth, John. And you can like see it on Esther's face immediately. Like her face just falls. She's yeah. Like, At first she's like, oh, he's noticing my perfume. Yeah. Oh, and oh, he's comparing me grandma. to his grandma. Womp, yeah. Womp. Yeah. Um, so then we, we move into, uh, the fall and the date cards are amazing where it says like fall 1903. I love it. But it's then that I realize, oh, the Smith house looks like Norman Bates's house from, (laughs) from, uh, psycho. Like it just, that's just what it looks like. Take your word for that. Yeah. Well, and then because it happened on the back lot, I kind of wanted to look up like, was that Norman Bates's house? Because, oh. like, his house was there. Mm. Or, no, I guess his house is on, well, the, well, now is on the Universal soundstage. But I don't know if they're related or what. But, yeah, it, it does look very much like his house. Interesting. So, yeah. Um. So then because we're in the fall, we have Halloween. And I just wrote, what the fuck is this Halloween <laughs> What the actual fuck? What is going, like, there's not an, an, a mention of candy at all. It's just, yeah, it's not. It's not about candy. It's about going and like pranking people. Essentially, it's it's not trick or treating. It's just tricking. It's not even tricking or pranking. It's like terrorizing the fucking neighborhood. Yeah, like two uh, bonfires in the middle of the street, oh my God, unsupervised like... by adults, and the parents are like, "Sorry, this is." your time to speak, but I'm just going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just like all the adults are like, yep, go out and cause havoc. This is what we do. Yeah. Like you've got Tootie and, um, and, uh, oh, and Agnes who are dressed up as ghosts and they have this whole backstory about the ghosts, yeah. which I love. And, um, I just thought they were Creepy being like, kid. oh my God, they're just, just a little psychopath. And I kind of thought they were just like, hobos or whatever yeah and then it's like oh no they're ghosts and they're uh and they're gonna go out and and they and when i saw that i was like well you don't really have a bag to put candy in so what's gonna happen here and they walk outside and like tootie's a little bit scared she kind of like has these big eyes like what's happening and it's like oh it's just dark outside like just go trick-or-treating and then they like come around a corner to this huge fire just in the middle of the street yeah and i was like oh she must be scared because these are the bad kids that they have to get past so they can go trick-or-treating and it's like oh no this is what you're going outside to do yeah you're just gonna go outside and like light shit on fire (laughs) and um so i liked uh that they were like oh you have to you know someone has to go over here and like set this thing on fire and you go over here and steal this so then they're like, you have to go to this old guy's house and, like, terrorize him. And Tootie's like, I'll go all on my own. I'm being brave. And she and they're like, okay, take this flower, because this is apparently, like, what, like, how you do it. Like, take this flower, go up to his house, ring the doorbell. When he opens it, throw it in his face and say, I hate you, Mr. Whatever. And it's like, calm down. Like, what are you? Like, I hate you. It's like, no, just... Say so, like just throw some just fucking throw toilet paper in his house, like just, just crazy. Um, and and then uh, she does it finally. She like works up the courage, yeah. and I love how like the adults are kind of like expecting this though. Totally, because yeah. like you see this guy, and it's like that guy is gonna fucking rage when she throws. <laughs> like he is going to like bring her in the house and throw her in his basement or something. <laughs> and he doesn't really say anything. He just kind of like smiles and brings the dog in, and he's like, oh, he's like. 
He's got like a heart of gold. Yeah. Because he knows like, okay. Yeah, like, this is Halloween. Just, this is what yeah, happens. Like, he probably shitty, already... shitty kids are going to be shitty. Well, and, and you know, I, th- I feel like the... The neighbor that all the kids are scared of knows that that's their oh, position. Sure. In the, Absolutely. You know, and they, yeah. they probably are lovely people, but they totally play that up to. Yeah, absolutely. So she does it and then she comes back and she's like, yes, I'm the most horrible. And it's <laughs> yes, like, yes, you well, are. You know that. Yeah. Um, I love the like really bossy kid in this whole scene where he's like, you go over here and do this and you go over here and do this and you got to go to this guy's house. And he's got this, like, amazing, like, skirt with a little, like, muscle yeah. in it. And his, like, big, like, stuffed boobs. Yeah. And it's like, this is so weird. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, because you just know, like, toxic masculinity from the day. It's like, right. your dad just let you go out, like, all in drag to, like, boss the neighborhood kids around. I, I mean, that's a lot I mean, of what, it, like, buddy, costumes but... were, was just dressing as the opposite gender. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, Yeah. So then Tootie comes, like, she's, like, screaming and crying, and and she comes in, and, or someone has to, like, get her and, like, kind of carries her yeah. in. And she's like, he tried to kill me! This, like, oh, like, then they finally, like, drag it out of her, like, who? Like, what happened? And she's like, John from next door, he tried to kill me! And immediately Esther's like... I don't think John would do that. Like, yeah, the boy I have a crush on that I've spoken to once, he would never do that. Yeah. Because if he's handsome and I like him, he could never do anything wrong. Yeah, he wrong. must be perfect. Yeah. So then they're like, the the police come and uh, they like ask Tootie what happened and they kind of get her side of the story and everything. And uh, he's like, oh, well, we found some hairs in her hand that she pulled from the from the the person who yeah. got her or whatever and it still has the root in it and at that point i'm like are you gonna send it to the lab for analysis <laughs> i thought that too i'm like um this is definitely pre-dna i even feel like in 1944 would they have done that no yeah so it's like what's what's your point i i don't know like i i actually overthought about that a little bit too oh. watching it i'm like what's the significance of it pulling yeah. the root? And I'm like, well, maybe they're going to try and find the person who has a bald spot from where Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Or something. Two hairs got stolen off your head and I can see it from a yeah. mile away. Like your Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If he loses two hairs, it's like, oh my God, now you're bald. Um. So it finally comes out what, what happened Further proving that these kids are fucking psychopaths. The way that she was, like, so ready to, like... You know, she knew the police were getting involved and stuff, and she knew that this was going to get this guy in, like, big trouble. Yeah. And... Well, but then they're they're like, oh, no, no, okay, so George didn't try to kill me. We put a stuffed body with clothes on the track when the trolley was coming... In hopes to derail it. Yeah. And this all isn't the, just a prank. This is like a terrorist crime. Right? And and like and like the I think it was Rose who was like, that could have seriously hurt someone. You could have killed someone. And it's like, that's all that happened with that. Like it was just, oh, you could have really yeah. hurt someone. Not like, we're sending you to a doctor to be locked up. <laughs> like Or military camp. Something. Like, dude, that's serious. Yeah. Like, yes, I mean, I totally. realize that it's, like, a trolley and it's not, like, a high-speed train. Like, if you did that now, it would be, like, 
you know, fuck some people up. Yeah. But still, bro. What? Like, traumatize the trolley driver? Yeah. Just, like, like, who thinks of that at, like, six and eight years old? Like, oh, this, this was our plan to just completely fuck up this trolley. So, but before she learns the truth, Esther goes over to John's house and she's, like, beating him up. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing? And then she just leaves. She just leaves and he's like... What, what the, the hell fuck? just happened? <laughs> so then she learns the the truth. And so she's like, okay, I have to go back to John's house now and like apologize. Yeah. And so she walks up the steps to his, to his veranda or whatever. And, um, and he like gets a chair right away and like defends himself to like put some distance between them. Yeah. And then, so then she finally like kind of comes clean about what happened. And, um, and so finally he kisses her and she, she like goes back to the house and she's all in a daze and I'm like, Esther, did you just kiss John or did you smoke a bowl? Because you're completely <laughs> out of it now. Well, didn't you know a good kiss from oh, a dreamy man. bow can uh, just take you out of this world? Apparently. I was just like, for like the rest of the night, she was just like, huh? What? Oh. And it's like, seriously, come back to us here. Um... So then the uh they're they they all kind of sit down after they're having like their like their cake and ice cream. This is what they do on Halloween apparently. They eat cake and ice cream at midnight, which yeah. I'm here for. Uh, yeah, I like, think I'm behind that. Yo, get some candy. Like get your shit together here. So they're all sitting down. Get me down. a mini Kit Kat and a mini crispy uh coffee crisp. Coffee crisp all the way. Oh my god. They're so good. I love those. As long as you eat them in like rows. Right? You have to eat it in layers. When I eat a full-size Kit Kat, I do. Oh, oh are you talking about the Coffee Crisp? No, I'm talking... Yes, Coffee Crisp. Coffee yes. Crisp, but yeah, I definitely eat in layers. Yeah. yeah. Um, full-size Kit Kats, I get ridiculous about. And yeah? And I, like, eat them one segment at a time, but yeah. then I, like, bite the two ends off, and then I nibble down the edges where, like, they attach to... Oh, wow. And then I, I pop them off in layers. Mini Kit Kats, just... <laughs> just one bite. Yeah. Just Check That's it in fair. there. Yeah, just get in there. So the the dad comes home on uh on Halloween after working and they're getting out the ice cream and the and the cake and he's like, Well everyone sit down, I have some news for you. And he's like, They're sending me to New York and pack your bags because yeah. we're fucking going. So at first the little girls are excited, like, Oh, I'm going to go pack now. It's like, Yeah, you better because you're leaving in three months, but <laughs> But the the older girls, uh Esther and Rose are like, Well, Dude, like we have lives yeah, here. Yeah, we have lives here. Like I'm 16. I need to get engaged and start my life. Like, come on. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're they're kind of and even the mom is like, I'm not thrilled about this. Like, this is not cool. So thanks. I have to back to the we have to we're 16, we have to get married. There is even when they're planning for that phone call at the beginning of the movie, uh Esther makes a comment about Mary not being, getting too old already, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, you old, old maid. I think once the little girls see their big sisters getting upset yes, and they're like, oh, totally. I don't want to go. And they act like they, like they have this nice little middle class life with this big house. And clearly if they're sending the dad to New York, it's a promotion. Yes. So he's going to make more money. And they're like, we're going to have to live in a tenement building with hundreds of people around us. And we're not going to, like, have, like, this nice thing or this nice thing. And it's like, no, you're not going to be destitute. Like, 
No, but I mean, I would imagine the like cost of living between New York and St. Louis are vastly different. So it would be the same yeah. thing as like, you know, here in Regina, Saskatchewan, I have a very nice house for $325,000. And yeah. uh, if I were to move to Vancouver, I would be, I don't know, squatting in a porta potty somewhere for that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they just make it sound like, like, maybe they do have to move to a smaller house or, like, an, an apartment where, like, There's, but, like, yeah, where they have, like, like, the, like, one of those apartments where they have, like, the entire top floor yeah, kind of yeah. thing, you know? But, yeah, you're not going to be, like, living in a fucking crack house. Right, okay? you're not in Calm the projects. So, yeah, so then everyone is just, like, mad and it's like, well, who wants cake? And people are like, no, I'm too fucking sad for cake now. I don't want any goddamn ice Who's cream. ever been too sad for cake? Right? Like, like when I'm sad, I want I all cake. the cake. Yes, so then they're like, okay, fine. Like, and then the dad just gets like super pouty. Like, I can't believe you guys didn't like me making all these decisions for you. Yeah. Ugh. So then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, the mom and dad are singing now. Okay. Everything's fine. We can eat cake and be happy again. Yeah. Just all they needed to do was just sing that little song and okay. Um, have cake now. You know, I think he's so expected like New York is exciting. Yeah. Right? Like, but I mean, New York to visit is maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, like, the, the dad and the mom sing this song to make everything better, even though it is the worst song in the movie. <laughs> like, their voices don't go well together, and it's just, like, not, like, I don't know if, like, the dad is, like, singing out of his range or something, but yeah, I don't know. it's just, like, the whole song, I was like, this is fucking painful. <laughs> like, can you make it stop already? Was not cool with that. Well, it's fairly short, at least. This is true. Yeah, I was like, thank God. (laughs) So then we see another title card where we switch to Wintertime. Winter 1903. And, oh, look! The most terrifying snow people I've (laughs) ever seen. Yeah? And, like, I think it's at, like, when it's actually Christmas, and Esther looks out at, uh, like, in the dark right before she's going to sing, and she looks at these snow people, and they're all, like, facing the house too yeah. so like you just look out in the dark and they're all just like these creepy snow people like looking at her and wearing like, like formal clothes like actual fur <laughs> stoles right? and hats yeah like who are these snow people um i did like when when we first start the the uh winter season and they're all outside making the terrifying snow people and katie is bringing the laundry in and the bloomers are frozen yes. solid from being on the line I liked that. Um, so in that scene, they're trying to decide, like, oh, there's a big, like, winter dance going mm, on, yeah. and we have to go. And and Rose didn't have a date because her her man is in New York, and the brother doesn't have a date. And so Katie's like, well, you'll go with your brother then. And they're both like, no, I'm not, like, no, I don't want to. And then finally it's like, okay, fine, I'll go with my brother. And it's like, like, you, you guys can, like, go, like, in the same carriage or whatever, but like, why are you going to the dance you with know, your brother? You know, that's the funny thing, too, that I I kind of... And, I mean, this isn't specific to this movie. Any movie of the era where there's, like, a dance, and it's like, you're going with somebody, but then you're obligated to fill up your dance yeah, card. Yeah, with So, like, you go with a date, but then you're dancing with other people all night anyway? Like... Yeah. Yeah. But it, it really reminded me of, like... Now, of course, here we don't have, like, proms, but we do have, like, grad, which was, like, a big kind of yeah. prom thing. And so many people would be like, oh, I can't possibly go alone. I'll take my cousin. It's like, you would rather take your cousin than a fucking, like, go by yourself? 
Yeah, my whole group of friends didn't have dates to grad. I took a a grad escort date, whatever you want to call Ooh, an it. an escort. How much did it cost you? <laughs> <laughs> you had a million emotions on your face just now. I was amazing. trying to think of a good comeback and nothing was coming. Um, but, like, it was just because we had a friend in, like, our group of friends who yeah. was in the same grade as us and he wasn't. He was, like, a couple credits short to graduate, so he didn't oh. actually get to go to grad. So oh. I took him as my escort just so that he so could, he could still go. hang oh, out with nice us. you. Well, and I mean, nice he was person. super cute, too. So. Well, that works. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, we, like, it, there wasn't that pressure with my group of friends. We all just went together and hung out and partied. Yeah, and, like, it, it, like, was never a thing. Like, I think a lot of my friends brought, like, dates with them, but... I didn't. I was just like, whatever. I'm just going to, like, rock up in my leopard print dress and not have a date. And who fucking cares? I had a gorgeous, gorgeous princessy looking dress that my mom had made for nice. me. Nice. Yeah, my grandma made my dress for me. A lot of my cousins are from, like, smaller towns. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very normal, though, for their grads that they all have... An escort. That's somebody that's oh, not in their grade yeah. or doesn't go to their school. They'll Interesting. Have like, yeah. Huh. Well, how very heteronormative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for, like, my family seems to have all the, the queer people in oh, it. Oh, is that so, right? <laughs> yeah, my, my, the most recent one that I went to, oh, I guess, no, second most recent, was my cousin's kid who, at the time, was... Presenting as a lesbian, mm-hmm. and her girlfriend came. Well, She's nice. now come out as trans. Oh, so okay. He, yeah. yeah, yeah. He has now come out as trans. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So this tiny little like eight people graduating yeah. class, and there's and it's all it's always it's always somebody from my family, and I'm like, yes, represent. <laughs> well, that's cool that they thought like they felt safe enough. Yeah, to, totally. like, Bring like their their girlfriend. So that's awesome. Um. So we're getting ready for the party, and the girls are putting on their corsets, and I feel like this is the first time that Esther has put on a corset, <laughs> and she was like, oh, this is painful, I can't. Yes, she was particularly whiny about it. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, I just have to sit down, and I said out loud, I was like, you have a corset on, you don't sit, you perch. Right. Yes. When I when I made my first corset when I was in design school, that was like kind of one of the first things that my instructor was like, you don't sit with these on, you perch with them on. Yeah. So yeah, they hold you upright, really. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so John comes to the door, and and they're all like excited, like, "Oh, he's here! Wow, let's let's get this on." And he's like, "Oh, um, I don't have a tux." And she's like, Esther's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Well, I took it to the cleaners, and then I got I got sidetracked, and the cleaner shut closed for the day, so." I didn't pick up my tux. I don't have a tux. And she's like, but there has to be someone. There has to be someone you can borrow a tux from. Like, get a fucking tux. Like, what about your dad? And he's like, that was my dad's tux. And she's like, oh, everything is ruined. Yeah. And it's like, just put a fucking suit on. I have several feelings about that. Like, holy cow, the um, difference in culture now that it's like, it was like, you couldn't go to the ball because you didn't have a tux. Straight up wouldn't let you in. And... Yeah, so that that's so different from nowadays. But then also, that moment of any in the movie made me feel like, oh, there's Esther showing her privilege because she's like, yes. well, find the tailor and make him yes. open. And it's like, yeah. I thought about that as I like 
drove past like a shop that my friend owns the other day. Um, and it was, it was on Friday night. So like, uh, her shop had closed for the night and I was like, Oh, I was thinking about getting like a gift from that shop, mm. but it's closed already. So, you know, I'm probably not going to come back. I'll just like find something else. I wasn't like, my heart wasn't like set on getting yeah. this gift for someone. And I was like, you know, if I really wanted to, I could probably like message her and be like, Hey, do you suppose I could like, yeah. But then I was like, well, no, like, I don't want to, like, put her in that position. And then I immediately thought of Esther. I was like, well, if Esther was doing it, she'd just be like, open your fucking store. I want to spend some money here. I I appreciate that perspective, too, though. I always feel very much like that. Like, if I have a friend who has a business, I'm not ever going to ask for a special favor from it. Like, yeah. if I want to buy something from your business, I will... I might maybe instead of going to your website say, hey, I want to purchase this yeah. from you, but I'm going to yeah. pay you full price. I'm going to, yeah. you know, do the proper, like, purchase, not just be like, hey, yo, can you make this for yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Or, or you know, as, like, as a crafter, I make lots of things that people then I'll, like, post pictures online and people will say, like, oh, can you, are you selling these or whatever? There are certain things that maybe I would just make as a gift for somebody, like if they expressed that they liked it, yeah. um, I wouldn't necessarily charge them, but that needs to be in my control yes. to decide. I yeah. would never assume that somebody that I know that hand makes things would, holy, I got sidetracked here. Yeah, but... well, I would just like... Be like, oh yeah, here, you can have this for free. Like, yeah. just, just take up all my time and Yeah, supplies. exactly. Here this you go. Is... Yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I believe that you should treat small businesses and especially handmade businesses as a proper business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, John is like, well, we could do like something else tonight and not go to the dance. And she's like, no, never mind. I just want to mope, mope now. So <laughs> bye. So she goes upstairs and she's all sad. And I found it interesting that she went upstairs and she like flopped herself on the bed and she was like crying and it's like oh suddenly you can just like flop around and yeah. corset like you know a minute ago you couldn't even like sit down or breathe and now it's just like i'm gonna roll around in this bed and talk about how sad i am so the grand- life is over right yeah so the grandfather comes in and he's like kind of talking to her it's like oh you know the walls are thin and so i heard you talking to john and he's like i just happened to have this tux out like kind of like arrowing it out from the mothballs or whatever and i was like Oh, he's going to let John borrow his tux. That's what I thought, too. Nope. Grandma's, grandpa's taking Esther to the ball. And it's like, what's worse than taking your brother to the ball? Your grandpa. <laughs> I totally had that thought, too. I was like, oh, they're going to get to go to the ball. He's yeah. going to let his tux. And yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And then I realized, like, a lot of this movie, I realized, like, like the social expectations in in a movie like like right down to you have to wear a tux yeah. or else the, like just like the date is canceled, and then they get there and they have they like before the dance really starts they have to like fill out their dance yeah. card, and then it's like you're just dancing nonstop like every dance like if I go to like a wedding or I go somewhere and I dance like I dance for like one song, and then my lazy ass is like I need to sit down and like drink I was gonna say have some booze yeah and then I'll come back and like dance in a little bit like I went to a thing that I like performed at and then it kind of like turned into a dance party at the end of the night so like after performing two songs and like then sitting down and having a snack and a drink then they just like turned on music and we danced and I like danced like with a bunch of people just kind of like 
kind of belly dancing and kind of like socially kind of thing mm. but like for an hour after that and I was like I'm dying I'm just like <laughs> I'm old and I'm dying and I'm hot and I have to go home now bye so yeah so I just thought like they just like keep dancing and poor Esther gets stuck with all these like losers or whatever that she has to dance with it's her own damn fault though it is though because she like tried to sabotage the woman that her brother was gonna or no that Rose's supposed maybe in the future fiance brought this date and they wanted to sabotage her so that Rose could get in there and then in in the end like the date was just like no I, I think that I should just dance with your brother and Rose can have this guy and we don't need to fight about it at all yeah very urbane and she New was York very City. lovely yeah and so they have like set her up to like dance with all these duds and then Esther was like well I guess I have to dance with all these duds and yeah, so it was, like, exhausting, and then she had to have all these duds with her, and it was just a very tired, tired night. Filled um, with a little bit of karma. Yes. Um, I did like the partner switch-up they did when she was dancing with Grandpa, and he kind of, like, waltzed her around the Christmas tree, and then John, like, waltzed her back around the other side of the Christmas tree, where it's just like, yeah. oh, John! It, I thought I really liked that. Um, and I liked when the Grandpa... Like, you know, she had been just with dud after dud yeah, and the yeah. grandpa finally was like trying to explain how somebody's admiring something that you have. You offer it to them. Yeah. And and, and, the, and the kid who looks like he's all of 12 is like, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't get it. And the grandpa's just like, I'm dancing with Yeah, you. yeah, like I, I'm cutting. So Esther comes home and everyone's kind of asleep except for, I can't remember if it's Tootie, Tootie. or Agnes. Yeah. Tootie. And she kind of checks on her and then they go by the window. And before they sing the saddest Christmas song ever... I real I noticed um, the kind of like that sparkly knit like snood that she had on so gorgeous and it's like I need to find a way to make yes because I so, I lo- it was so pretty yeah I know I, I was obsessed I want to make it. that so then they sing the saddest Christmas song ever which is like have yourself what is it yeah okay like on. I don't know like to me it's like like, I never thought of it as a sad song when I heard, like, other people sing it. Like, it's just like, oh, like, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Kind of like a quiet, like, cozy yeah. kind of song. But just the way she sang it, I was just like, I get that you're, like, Judy Garland and you're, like, this very tragic person. <laughs> but, come on, it's Christmas time. Like, fucking pick it up a little bit here. I feel like you have words to the contrary here. I, I, I definitely do. So, have yourself a merry little Christmas. So, I mean, I get the, the reason that she's saying it sad in, in the moment because she was having this, like, crisis of conscience of whether she should stay and be with the man she loves, even though yeah. she's talked to him three times. Yeah. Or, um, you know, it's either going to be stay here and be with the man I love or, or leave the man I love and be in... New York with my family. And neither is a great, great option. Mm -hmm. Anyway, those are not the original lyrics to the song. Oh. The original lyrics, Judy Garland refused to sing because they were so sad. Really? So the original lyrics as written. Yeah. I don't know if I should say this or sing it. Sing it, obvious. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. Sounds like a threat. Next year we may all be living in the past. Holy shit. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Pop that champagne cork. Next year we may all be living in New York. 
No good times like the olden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who were dear to us will be near to us no more. Wow! But at least we all will be together, if the Lord allows. For now on, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Jesus. I went off key so many times yeah. there. This is like... Cheer up, emo Judy Garland. <laughs> like, well, it, wasn't, it was it was not her. It was She was the one Fair. who was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is too damn sad. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. So she like refused. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Can you imagine? Like... So sad. What the hell? So, so depressing. Yeah. That's... Wow, so this is a considerably cheery yes, yeah. version. Okay. A little more hopeful. Yes. So the song finishes, and then um, we have another another uh, instance of where I just wrote, did Tootie hit her head as a kid? <laughs> because I feel like maybe she's like wading into the McDonald triad here. Where, maybe, it's like, yeah. You are a bit of a psychopath, as I have mentioned. Because she just kind of flies into a rage and she runs downstairs and just starts like smashing all the... these like uh snow people which they to be fair they are terrifying yeah they so, deserve yeah. to be smashed but yeah she's just like hitting them and like just destroying them and then like rose has to come and like you know Comfort, take her inside yeah. yeah and then they all go inside because at this point everyone's awake and the dad's like i've decided and i'll just tell you now because why tell you when i've decided we're not going to go to New York. We're going to stay here. It's fine. And so they're all like, yay, everything is fine. And then they're like, oh, I almost forgot. It's Christmas. Yeah. And then they just start like opening their presents. And it's like, well, I guess now you can sleep in in the morning. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so that's kind of like the end of of the the winter part. And then we see the denouement in the spring. And they've all got their giant spring hats yes. on. Yeah. Um, and they're all going to uh the fair. Finally they can go to to the World's Fair. And so they're all kind of like meeting and marveling at all the things that you see at the fair. And um Rose is like, we're getting married and and uh or maybe this still happened in the in the wintertime, I'm not sure. But she's like, uh No, it was, sorry. Um Rose is like, we're, uh, we're getting married. And then that's just, yep, we're getting married. The end. And it's like, so she married that guy and Esther married John. Cause th- we never really, like, I, I expected to see weddings. Oh yeah. No. And we just... never really see it. It's just like, yeah, probably. Yep. It's happening. Yeah. Just we're, we're all still here and going to live happily yeah, ever, yeah. ever after. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I realized that, like, that's the last I have of my notes. I realized I didn't talk about the trolley song at all. Oh, yes. Clang, clang, Yeah, which, as I was watching it, I realized that I owe you an apology. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Um, I feel like, I don't know if we did it on air last time, but I definitely did argue that, like, no, this, that song was originally from Easter Parade, and they just used it for Meet Me Mm. in St. Louis again. Nope. No, they didn't. (laughs) I completely made that shit up. Because I was like, well, no, I can see 
I can see the scene from Easter Parade where they're singing the trolley song. That was straight up just from Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> that, I swear that was an Easter Parade. But so uh, no, it was that was just in Meet Me in St. Louis. So, oh, yeah. So there you go. So um, all in all, it was a pretty enjoyable film. Um, it wasn't my favorite Judy Garland film, but um, it, it was a good little movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it seven marriage proposals out of ten. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's talk about scary shit now. Let's get scary. So we are going to talk now about the movie I made you watch, which was the original Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. Did you know anything about this movie going in? Not a single thing. Had you heard of it? I mean, I've heard the term Black Christmas, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it was ever even in the context of there Mm. being a movie called Black Christmas. Okay. Yes. Nothing. Not a thing, eh? Okay. Well, it is a 1974 movie, like I said. Um, Not sure if it's obvious to an outsider, but it is a Canadian film. Hmm. Yeah, um, filmed in Toronto. Oh, cool. Uh, A lot of it was done at the University of Toronto, and then the girls' house uh, where they all lived was just like a private residence. Oh, neat. Where the the director, I think, was just like driving past, and it was like, that's the house we need, and just kind of asked (laughs) Knocked on the door. Literally, they just asked (laughs) the owner, like, hey, would you be interested in renting this out for a month? And they were like, "Mm hmm, okay. (laughs) So they just got to do that, so that was pretty cool. Um, It stars Margot Kidder, Olivia Hussey, and Andrea Martin. Um, and then, of course, uh, John Saxon, who we will see next month in a movie, Ooh. which um, for any horror fans, that is probably a big hint. You probably already know what we're going to watch next month. Um, it was produced and directed by Bob Clark. And I was like, I know that name. Who is that? He directed Porky's oh. and A Christmas Story. Oh, cool. So, yeah. <gasps> Christmas Story. I love that movie so much. I know. When we were talking about the movies we were going to watch this month, that was the first thing. I'm like, please tell me you haven't watched A Christmas Story. Oh, I've watched I love it. When, it. when we used to have, like, well, I guess I still have cable, but, like, when I was younger and, like, my parents had cable, um, on TBS, which I don't even think is a channel anymore, but for 24 hours yep. solid, A Christmas Story. Yep. And that was good times. I have the leg lamp. A blown glass Christmas ornament oh, of I the you were leg lamp. Like I have the leg no. lamp, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah, but I have a, an ornament of it hanging on my tree. I feel like your husband would appreciate the leg lamp if you were just to like bring it home. He'd be like, yes, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this movie had a budget of six hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and it went on to make four point one million dollars. Hmm. Um, Rather successful. Yeah, I I just love that it was made for six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's like nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was, like, it's probably American dollars, and they filmed it in Canada, so... I mean, it, that, it that does... That basically, like, gave it a million-dollar budget, you know? Need <laughs> as a low budget, though. There's no For special sure. effects. There's no... Yes. Yeah. It's just... It's, yeah. it's a very, like, gritty, like... Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, there's, there's like, two sets, essentially. You know, like, yeah. there's two locations. And... Very true. Very true. So, Rotten Tomatoes has this movie as 71%. Mm-hmm. And Metacritic gave it 65 out of 100. So it's pretty respectable yeah. for uh, for a slasher. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't find a review for Robert... Robert? Robert Eger. Or <laughs> Roger Ebert. Take your pick. Um, but I About did... Robert Eger, guys. Rob, Robert Egert. <laughs> He's harsh. He is, man. He's the worst. Um, but I did find a review from Gene Siskel, who is kind of his partner in crime 
Uh, he gave it 1.5 out of 4. Oof. He called it a routine shocker, notable only for indicating the kind of junk actresses are forced to play in the movies. <laughs> Which I find, like, they do that a lot, where it's like, oh, like, why would you, like... Like, horror is kind of just seen as, like, the redheaded stepchild right. of the film industry. And so many women are, like, are, like, kind of being told, like, why are you, like, putting yourself in this movie? Or, like, why... Lowering wh- yourself. Yeah, why are you doing to... this movie? And and they're, like, like some women just like doing horror. Like, it could be fun. I could see this have been a fun movie yeah. to film. Like, you take, like, very, um, like, actresses who do a lot of horror, like Danielle Harris. She's, like, horror, like, pays my bills. Horror yeah. gave me this house. Like, yeah. And like horror fans were like super appreciative. Like like you have like you have like horror conventions. You don't have like rom com conventions. Yes, yeah. you know like. <gasps> don't, That's don't a good do idea. It. No, it's not. It's bad. It's a bad idea, and you should feel bad. <laughs> but but that could be a million dollar idea. I mean, it could be. This is very true. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I just always take umbrage to like when. When they're like, oh, actresses are, like, forced to, you know, do this instead of Shakespeare or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, some actresses don't want to do fucking Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, surprisingly, Leonard Maltin gave it 2.5 out of 4 stars. Mm. Um, he called it bizarre, <laughs> but he gave high praise to Margot Kidder. Hmm. So, yeah. So that's all the real, like, details, details I have. I do have some fun facts in here, but okay. I will let you go ahead and give me a plot synopsis, and then we'll come back to some details. All right. So the movie is about uh, some college girls who live in a sorority house and um, they start mysteriously disappearing and getting creepy phone calls, really creepy phone calls. Mm. Um, And then the police get involved. Finally, they take them a while to take them seriously and um, they and rescue everybody but only one of them well makes it out potentially alive yeah, yeah and i don't know if i know what happens in the ah, end. I, yeah. I i was left a little confused at the <laughs> yeah ending so huh. okay. that's about it it's pretty okay. it's a pretty basic plot there's yeah. you know one girl gets pregnant and her boyfriend is very much against her trying to terminate yeah. the pregnancy and that guy's the worst i feel like i'm just assuming that at the time abortion was illegal because when she's talking to the cops and they're talking about the baby she very much is like avoiding saying what she meant by him saying like mm. don't kill my baby kind of thing i so. feel like it's it was legal but like still very taboo mm. You know, unlike now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this movie is one of these movies that really bugs me. It's a movie that is very obviously made in Canada. It has, well, I mean, at least to me, I don't know. Maybe now that you know, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, I can yeah, see yeah, it yeah. now that you yeah. see that. Um, There's just a whole different quality to it. Truly. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have necessarily picked up on it because it's also was made in 1978. So, yes, yeah. You know, 74. But, st- oh. or, no, what, what am I saying? 74. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah but still. In the 70s. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's like when a movie or even a TV show sometimes, it's like it's made in Canada, it has a Canadian crew. It uh, has Canadian actors, 
but it's a it's set in the states. Oh yeah. Like and usually I can't tell until like they're like exchanging money and it's American bills. Mm. It's mm-hmm. like why? Yeah. Why did this movie have to happen in Chicago? Why couldn't it have happened in Toronto? It doesn't change the story yes, at all. Yeah. It makes me mad. <laughs> I just get really mad about it, eh? About yeah. It hurts, about it. It hurts my feelings, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I remember you having that feeling even watching Shit's Creek, and then I was like, so I'm like, I don't know if they ever talk about it, but they do say that it's yeah. in Canada. Do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. And and then because uh, I overthought it for a while after you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. As I do. Yeah. Um, and in the first episode, when mm-hmm. the family is getting, like, raided, it's yeah. uh, it's the revenue agency. It's not... Uh, ah, okay. It's not the IRS. The IRS. It's, the, it's, yeah. it's kind of a, a non-agency agency. Like, mm. it's not a real thing, but yeah. it is definitely supposed to look more like CRA than oh, IRS. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, my auntie lives down the street from Schitt's Creek. <gasps> yeah. So Go visit your auntie. My sister did last time she was down there. I think they took her for a little drive. And yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so Gilda Radner was originally cast as Phil. And then in the, the kind of the last week before they were going to start, she ended up getting cast on SNL. Oh, cool. And they're like, well, she's like, I'm going to take SNL. So bye. And that's when they brought in um, Andrea Martin. Mm. And... I've seen this movie a few times, and I just never really, like, clued in on Andrea Martin Oh, before. I picked it out right away. I'm and like, then, hey. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, holy shit, that's Andrea yeah. Martin. And I, I love everything about her style in yes. this movie. I just, yeah. I love Andrea Martin in this she, movie. The, I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional lesbian vibes. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, So this movie is known as one of the earliest slasher films. Oh. And it actually inspired Halloween. Oh, cool. And it kind of kicked off, you know, this whole, like, what else? Cause I think when John Carpenter made Halloween, he was like, okay, so we have Black Christmas. Like, what else? Like, what other holidays can we get involved? Mm. And that's when he did Halloween. Because I think originally Halloween was just called, like, the babysitter killer or something oh, okay. like that. And then he's like, oh, let's kind of capitalize on that. Yeah. And then further down the road when... Um, Friday the 13th came on, they were like, hey, can we just, like, rip off Halloween with, like, another day? So. Well, you know, and, and it's, like, Halloween doesn't have a lot to do with Halloween. No, like, it just happens on yeah. Halloween. Yeah. It's not like it's at a Halloween party where everybody's dressed up and it's Halloween-centric or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so this movie had a couple of renames or, like, known as mm. other, like, things in other places. Um, in the U.S., it was mostly released under Silent Night, Evil Night. <laughs> they thought Black Christmas might mislead people to think it was black exploitation. <laughs> so, which, I mean, I guess I can see, because, you know, you had, like, Blackula and oh. stuff like that. So, I mean, I can, I, it, was, yeah. it was the time of black exploitation, so for sure. And then it was going to premiere on TV in 1978. Oh. Um, it was going to be on NBC's Saturday Night at the Movies. But then they ended up, um, a lot of the kind of NBC affiliates were going to pull it and they were given a choice. Like, you can show this other random movie or you can show this movie. It's kind of up to you. And a lot of them decided to pull it and play this other movie. Because two weeks before, a sorority house, and I can't remember where it is, in Florida. A sorority house in Florida was attacked by a man um, where two women were killed in their beds. And two other women in the sorority house were... um, Attacked, but they ended up surviving. Was that Ted Bundy? I was just going to say, and it was done by Ted Bundy. Okay. Um, 
And and yeah, they they thought the NBC just kind of thought that's a bit too close to like yeah. the subject of the film yeah. and it's like a little too fresh. Yeah. So they ended up pulling it. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that in that yeah, 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 I can I could definitely see that. Um and then when um they eventually released it in the UK, uh the UK had them uh kind of edit a few more things cuz it was just a bit too much for their uh for their censors or for their rating mm. or whatever. So a lot of the of the first phone call um mm. when the caller's going on about like her her pink pussy and yeah, her yeah. Pink, okay. they they really took uh kind of offense or whatever to the word cunt and they're like all oh. all like instances of the word cunt take it out hmm. which is interesting because the uk use the word cunt a lot more than we do yeah so they've really done like an about face on that hmm. so they were like oh actually never mind we like cunts <laughs> so on that cunty note <laughs> i will let i'll turn it over to you that's i okay i'm glad you explained that a little further because as you were saying like the uk had them edit stuff out i'm like it's really not that graphic. Like no, what? No. Could, but yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's the language. Um, yeah. Not not the women getting like chopped up and being killed, but just they said some dirty words and But you know, you kind of like in Halloween, a lot of that happened off screen. Mm-hmm. You don't yes. actually see a lot of like brutality yes. or whatever, which Yeah. Although I will say when the first girl like when Claire gets killed, the way like it's not bloody or anything yeah. violent, but it is very shocking. Yeah. Like, you just see, like, that plastic on her face. Yeah. And that's... I find it very and shocking. see that multiple times through the movie. Yes. But even, like, by today's standards, that's... Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I did, after watching it, and just saw it referred to as a slasher movie, and mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe it's just, you know, I'm still a, a baby horror <laughs> watcher, but I'm like, I, I picture, like, a slasher, like, you seeing them, like, slashing, yeah, right? And, yeah, um I mean, Margot Kidder's death is a little bit more bloody yep. and graphic, right? But um, but the rest of them, it, I'm like, it's interesting that it's a, a slasher movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that's just not what I picture, what not, not what comes to my mind when I yeah, think of that terminology. Yeah, that's fair. So, for starters, the name Black Christmas. Yeah. I, again, you know, I'd never heard anything of this yeah. movie, but... It is not at all what I would have expected with a name oh, like that. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't have thought of like the black exploitation that you mentioned or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But it, like I was really I don't know the name didn't fit with the the movie oh, to me somehow. Yeah, I I almost picture like Black Christmas being more like like monsters or something. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Okay. Um, I did kind of laugh. There were a couple things that made me think of Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, and the first was like the the establishing shot of like this grand old house. Yeah. Kind of yeah. And then we see in like the first scene, who left this door open? And I'm like, oh, that is foreshadowing a hundred and three percent of the time. Yeah. And then we get the first dirty phone call. Yeah. And I'm like, this is more similarities to Meet Me in St. Louis, where she's standing in this kind of common <laughs> yes. room, going, what? I can't, like, you know, and there's, like, she can't hear and asking, what? Yeah. Who is this? And then, like, that's, like, the same phone call. Yeah. Maybe not quite. I Um, love how we always, like, inadvertently find, like, weird little parallels. That's, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's meant to be this way and everybody else experiences it this way. Those phone calls, I don't know if you're meant to actually understand what he's saying I didn't understand a word Mm. of any of them yeah but also I have 
some hearing loss. So mm. I I don't know. There's lots of things where if there's anything like garbledy or like mm-hmm. too many sounds happening at the same time or something. Yeah. I don't. I really do struggle to understand things. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if if it's supposed to be that you can understand everything he says or if it's to be that you're supposed to just pick out the odd word or yeah. if or if it's like me and and none of it like like maybe a couple words in each phone call I picked out but really I didn't understand a single thing that was said in those phone calls. Yeah, and see, like I think I said in the last episode, I watch almost everything with subtitles mm, on. Yeah. So I had the subtitles there, but even watching that it's like is that what he's saying? Because hmm. that doesn't really track. And then I was like, well, did they pull the subtitles from the script? And that's, oh. like, I, I wasn't sure. But, like, not every word. I was like, I don't, I don't, like, even hear that as a word. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just, like, reading You know, there it. were a couple where, like, he'd say the word baby. And I knew that he yeah. was talking about yes. um, Phil's baby or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, not Phil. No. Um, um, Olivia Hussey. Completely oh. different. But, yeah, her. Um, yes. Anyway. The pregnant yeah. one. Um, um, yeah, so that actually, the way that they recorded that, they wanted it to sound, like, very, like, garbled and strangled and whatever. Mm. So the guy that, like, did the voices for that, he stood on his head to record it. Um, and then I feel like he did something with, like, constriction of, like, oh. his throat or something to hmm. make it sound, like, really, like, like the way yeah. we hear it. So, Weird. yeah. My favorite line from the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. You're a real gold-plated whore, mother. Yes! <laughs> I loved Margot Kidder's um, yes. character in Just this like, movie. crazy drunk all the time. Yeah. My, um, of course, you know, like, now my sister is just fully a part of this podcast. Of course. She's I watching the movies along with us. She texted me, though. She's like, I love you, and I love your podcast, but... I'm not watching Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh. <laughs> but she texted me a picture of her her TV with the Black Christmas yeah, yeah. Uh, opening credits yeah. and stuff. Um, and she's like, so how many drunk Marco Kidders are you giving this? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's <laughs> and I'm like, well, the... that's a good one, but I am not yeah. marking it out of Marco Kidders. Oh, okay. Drunk Fair enough. So then she gets the first phone call and she's listening to all this gross stuff about pussies and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like... Hang up the phone. Right? Why yeah. are you continuing yeah. to listen to this? Like, yeah. Like, I, I, did li- I did like how they weren't like, oh, no, this is awful. They were just kind of laughing at him. Like, this is, like, you're fucking weird. Yeah, like, what are life, you doing? Buddy. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, if you don't just like hang, it, hang up, up the phone. Yeah, like, yeah. You are not obligated to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, and then we see a kitty. Mm-hmm. Kitty. Claude the kitty. Claude. <laughs> um, so, this is then where we see the... F- after you see the kitty and we're kind of at the Christmas Eve. I don't know. It's a couple yeah. days before. Yeah, like kind of right before like Christmas yeah. break kind of thing. Um, and they're having a little kind of party at the mm-hmm. at the sorority house and whatever. Is This is when we see Claire's death. Yes. and And as yeah. you mentioned, the plastic over her face. Mm-hmm. When she goes into her closet and he kind of... You don't see him. You just see the plastic over her yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. I, I jumped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that yeah. definitely... That was the only real scare in the movie yeah. for me. Yeah. But for it sure. did. It scared me. And I, yeah. and I, I jumped. Um, I think I jumped and gasped even. Mm, yeah. Um, even though I saw it coming a mile away, as soon as she opens the closet and you know that this, there's a creep lurking around yeah, the house already. Yeah. And you can, yeah, you can see her going into the closet and there's plastic and stuff. I'm like, 
it's so clear something's going to happen. Maybe I maybe didn't pick out that it was going to involve that plastic, uh, but yeah. I knew that that plastic was hiding yes. him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I knew something was about to happen, it still yeah scared me. The uh, then we meet the the den mother. Who the, is who, that? Is who I want to be when I grow abs- up. fucking she is she is Mrs. Mac for president. I she's fucking great. love that woman. But my comment on her, the thing that that struck me. Was that she looked so old, but I bet she's, like, our age. Oh, yeah. Like. I I saw a picture just recently of, like, it was, like, a whole bunch of women in, like, a magazine. And I think it was kind of, like, a 30 Helens Agree kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And they were all supposed to be, like, 38. And they looked like they were 58. Is it the one that then, it's because they all had the roller set and then they edited the photo to give them modern hairstyles? No. Oh, this is a this is a TikTok. Oh yeah. Um, and then it turned into a whole series where this woman found something, and it, it was it was a whole bunch of old, really old looking women. Yeah. And it was from like the seventies or something. Yeah. And uh, they all had roller sets. Yeah. And just like this really harsh makeup. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the the girl kind of green screened herself in front of this picture of these women. Yeah. And. Was talking about how this is. These are the same age as me, and yeah, is it because? And so she started off with like, well, maybe, maybe I'll give myself a roller set and see yeah. if I look like yeah. them. So she did. She did her makeup similar to oh, them wow. and put a roller yeah. set, and she's like, holy fuck. Huh, so then, in the next kind of series of, of videos, she used Photoshop to oh, give them more modern hairstyles yeah. and more modern makeup, and yep, they just look like us. Interesting. Yeah, it was cool. Huh. Yeah, just the, I, and it wasn't that, it was like some, like, good housekeeping or something. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it was like, they got, like, all these women who were the same age, and they were kind of, like, going to talk about something. I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, they all just looked, like, old and yeah. harsh. And then it was, like, third, like, these women are younger than I am yeah. right now. Like, what? Yeah. But, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Like, Mrs. Mack probably is, like, 50 at most. Yeah. Yeah, at absolute most. Yeah. She could be, like, 35 for all. Like, like <laughs> yeah, really. Right. Like, yeah. I spend a lot of time, every time she was on screen, I'm like, how old is this woman? Yeah. I'm going to see. You keep talking, but I'm going to see how old the actress was when okay. she played him. And then we have some more little kids chanting, just kind of out of the blue. There's little kid chanting. Because why not? Because this is the stuff of Laura's nightmares. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to kind of the next day where they're at this... Christmas party that they're putting on for the kids and they've got one of the the college guys who looks like he's 40. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dressed up as Santa and he's like swearing and like ho 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 fuck. I just yes! have a note. Ho ho yes. ho fuck. That's yeah, that's the best. Yeah, it's like there is a child right there. You like know. on your lap. Yeah. So Mrs. Mack was 50 when she was in this movie. Okay. So Okay. But yeah, I mean she looked like she was like 65. Yeah. Like it was just yeah, she did not look like you know, like I think of like my auntie who was like the closest to my age out of all my aunts who was 51. And I think of like my grandma was like 51, I think, when I was born. Mm. And it's like my Auntie Dawn like does not look like a grandma at yeah, all. You know, yeah. like it's just, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not a whole lot younger than my mom was when she became a grandma. Like, yeah, which is like bizarre. bonkers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a poster in the sorority house of like... This old granny giving the finger. Yes, I love, I love it. that. Here for it. Yeah. Um, and Claire's dad is like so offended by it. Yeah. Um, and then they show the other yeah. poster where she, the Mrs. Mac, is Just trying like, to cover it up, and it's it. yeah. two people 
fucking making yeah. a peace sign. I'm like, yeah. I love that. I yeah. would hang that up. <laughs> right? There was a lot of my teenagerhood where I really thought that I belonged in the 60s. It oh, was yes. like a full-on hippie. I dressed in like Valley Village clothes from the 60s. Yeah. We're still at the... Uh... Now we're back at the Christmas party with the little kids. Yeah. And Margot Kidder is getting... One of the little kids drunk on wine. Yes. <laughs> like, Holy shit. Yeah. And then and then they realize kind of that Claire's missing and they mm-hmm. start looking for her. Yeah. And it's like, but you haven't opened a single fucking door in that right. house. But you better call the police. Yes. Yeah. yeah she was literally just like in the attic. Yeah. Like just go up yeah. there. Yeah. In a window. Nonetheless. Yeah, right? Right? Like you should be able to see that from the street. Yeah. So Jess goes to meet up with her boyfriend to tell her, tell him. That yeah. she's pregnant. Yeah. And then he has his big piano recital, which he yeah. screws up every note and then yeah. smashes a piano. And destroys his fucking, like, grand piano. Yeah, like, which is, I don't think his. Anyway, yeah, he belongs yeah. to the school. So. <laughs> I just have a note, stupid fucking girlfriend. Dumb knocked up girlfriend. It's all her fault. I can't oh, play absolutely. the piano. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, And then I'm like, but he's smashing a piano is not like smashing a guitar. Like, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like a, you but, can't just like go to like a thrift shop and like get another $50 guitar. Like, yeah. But then also out. like the smashing of the piano, he's using like a mic stand to yeah. smash it. And it's like the slowest, least angry smashing. Yeah, it's like, he's uh, like uh. slowly picking it up and swinging it. and sm- But he, there's like zero passion or yeah like, smashing a musical instrument is going to be something that you're like because you're worked up or whatever yes yeah um and he was just like so blasey right yeah it. yeah yeah and then so then we have the little bit of foreshadowing with the den mother saying i'm going to my sister's so if you don't see me around yes. and i'm like well that's yeah. some more fucking foreshadowing yeah exactly but curious time for like a den mother to leave when there's a girl missing and she's like, oh, well, I'm just going to yeah, my sister's. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Or you'd think that, like, she should be the last one out of the house. Yeah. You know, because you're yeah. the grandmother. Or if not all of the girls can leave, like, there should be, like, a backup or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, I mean, they are adults. They don't need a babysitter, per se. But. Yeah. I do like the idea of, like, when, like, people are, like, first away from home that they have a mm-hmm. den mother to kind of just be like, hey, don't burn the house down when you're yeah, exactly. craft dinner or whatever. Yeah. Then there's a... Scene where um, the den mother says she's, or Mrs. Mack, I can call yeah. her. <laughs> she's leaving and she's, um, then the, the killer gets her and she's yeah. up in the attic now too. Yeah. And then there's uh, the cab guy comes to pick her yeah. up and he's banging on the door asking if anybody's home. He totally looks like Nardwar. Yes! <laughs> yes! I, yes, I didn't really think about that until you just said it and it's like, he does look like yeah. Nardwar. He's just like at the door and he's like, do, 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 do. And Miss Mac is like, do, do. But then she just dies and yeah, she's hanging keeps drinking. The yeah. Um, but then, so then we go back up to the attic and we see Claire with the plastic on her face yeah. and we see uh, Mrs. Mac hanging from the rafters, swinging yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And then the killer's like all angry and smashing up the attic. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Um, I killed you, and now I don't get to have the fun of killing you again, man. And so, um, so they organize a search party for Claire. But then there's also randomly this other little girl missing yeah. in town. The acting of the girl of the woman who finds the little girl's dead body is yeah. just chef's kiss. Yeah. So like, 
awful, but in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The acting in this movie, I couldn't put my finger on how to describe it, but, like, some of it was awful. Like, some of the, the, um extras and stuff were yeah. really like especially that one who yeah. she finds a dead body and just like the the looks on her face and stuff it's so bad yeah but then some of it like the the sorority girls and stuff i i don't know if i want to say i found their acting really natural somehow mm. but not somehow like I, I really don't know how to put my finger on it but the way they were just so casually like talking on the phone and stuff like yes i don't know it felt it felt like not acting but it was but but it wasn't good but it felt like really real yeah like like, like, this is what they would yeah this this is is how they would act yeah it didn't seem put on like this is how i think sorority girls act or whatever it was just some boozy college kids yeah like when when the search party comes to the door and uh phil and jess are like talking to them and then as soon as they close the door they just like start laughing at them yeah yeah that just seems very very natural and then then i'm like this movie this is why I screen my calls. Like, if I don't right? recognize... Yeah. I mean, and obviously there wasn't call yeah. ID yeah, back then. Sure. But, like, this is why I don't answer my damn phone. Yeah. I love the pro-choice vibe of this movie. Absolutely, yes. Um. And then I'm like, Jess, you are clearly better off without Mr. Toxic Masculinity. 8,000%. He's all, like, you know, a tortured artist kind of thing, but it's like, no, he is a controlling asshole. Yeah. Well, even, like, later in, or maybe it was, like, kind of around the time that you're talking about when they are kind of talking about their plans and what they want to do or whatever, and um, it really reminded me of, like, your kind of, of movies where... He was just like, well, we're going we're gonna to get married. And I'm yeah. not like, taking no for an answer yeah, or whatever. Just... And it's like, excuse you. Yeah, but it wasn't in a romantic way. It was just like, a, this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, we're getting married. So... I don't care what yeah. you actually want. Yeah, exactly. And then we get to poor Margot Kidder's Aww. death scene. Yeah. And there's a group of, like, Christmas carolers yeah. outside. And I liked the juxtaposition of the, the pretty choir and... um. And the stabbing with a unicorn. Yes. And, you know, they show that unicorn a few times beforehand. And uh, I felt it was significant. Yeah. Yeah. So I was not surprised when when it became the weapon of her demise. Yeah. I loved the technology of how they trace the phone calls where they're literally, like, walking through towers of phone lines and seeing what one it's coming from. They they really did a lot in that movie, like, with the tapping. It's like, well, this guy has to come, like, then he has to, like, go back to the phone Um, company. And and then, like, the the lieutenant just has to, like, sit at his desk and wait wait for for, a phone to ring. Yeah. Um, I loved the phone tech guy, though. He was, like, my favorite character. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Other than Drunk Margot Kidder, maybe. And then I was like, this is the original. The call is coming from inside the house. Because that's actually, I forgot to mention that. That's actually what this is based on. Yes. I, um, well, and then I'm like, oh, that harkens back to, harkens? Who the fuck am I? Um, to when they were in the house, like setting up the wiretap. Yeah. And they mentioned that the, that Mrs. Mack had a line, but it was a separate line. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's where the calls are coming from. Oh, see, I didn't even, like, I've seen this movie so many times, and that never, like, pinged in my head. That's what I assumed. I was just thinking it was, like, I guess you couldn't make the phone ring, but, like, when you had, like, two landlines. Oh, you could pick one up, You could, like, pick it up and just, like, 
and then you had someone like in the living room pick it up and you could like talk like mm. over the dial tone or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, this is completely different. Yeah. So it must have been from her phone. It, it had yeah. to have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like, oh, yeah. The call's coming from inside the house. And then we see Jess like going in the direction of the danger, right? Like, yeah. she's trying to find. And I'm like, get the fuck out of the house. Right? Like, this is yeah. such the classic horror trope of like oh, yeah. the pretty girl. Running directly into yeah, the direction like of danger. literally going upstairs yeah. to where the danger is. Yeah. It's like, oh, you dumb dumb. <laughs> so then uh, we kind of get a glimpse of the killer, just his eyeball through a closet uh, door. Uh, and he's like, it's me, Billy. And <laughs> yeah. That, that was creepy. It was very creepy. Fuck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have it in my notes. Creepy AF. AF. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, she has a good scream. I see why she was hired. Just for yeah. that scream. Oh, I mean, yeah, she was sure. good all, all, yes. all through. But yeah, that yeah. she's got a, a perfect horror movie scream. Yeah. And then I just made another note that, like, there's just, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie with the, oh, yes. I'll be at my sister's and the door is yeah. broken in that. Yeah. And I can't remember what happened at that exact moment that made me write that down. Because mm. I have that both noted earlier. Oh, I, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so... Jess is running away in the house from the killer and she goes down into the basement and then we see her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I legit didn't know if Jess was going to be dead or Peter was going to be dead when we opened the, oh, yeah. the door. I was yeah. like, cause she had a, a, like a metal rod. She was, so I'm like, I still, you know, can't put my finger on whether a horror movie is going to have a happy ending or a, a <laughs> yeah. sad ending or yeah. whatever. I mean, they're always not all all happy, even yeah. if it's a happy ending. It's not really a yeah. happy ending. Yeah. But um, so I was like, is Jess going to be dead or is Peter going to be dead? Mm. And at the, this is where I mentioned I was confused a little. Mm. I still couldn't figure out at this time if this Billy, if the bad guy was Peter or if there was two different guys. I really thought it was Peter for a while. and then Yeah, I, it definitely leads you to think like, oh, like Peter's the killer. Well, because they're talking about the, the baby and stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, maybe he went crazy. But then I was like, no, but the first death happens before she tells him that yeah, he's, that yeah. she's pregnant. and But maybe he was just crazy and that set him further. I, I don't know. Yeah, I really, I, I was really confused as to who the killer was. Mm, yeah. And for a while, I definitely thought it was Peter. So yeah, so they the cops break into the basement, and I'm like, is is Jess gonna be dead or is Peter gonna be dead? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, both of them. Yeah, she looked yeah, dead. And then sure. oh yeah. no, not both of them. Yeah. He's dead. She's not. She's yeah. just like fucking traumatized. Yeah. Um, I love though that like she, like, do you think that for a second maybe she thought he was the killer? Totally. Because, yeah, because, I'm sure. Like, she, like she just killed him. That's I'm sure that's why she killed yeah, him because she thought yeah. that he was. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's because it's yeah like and I the cops really... thought that he was too. So the cops probably saw that and like, yep, she she killed the killer. Like yeah. she's totally self defense yeah. justified. When really, he I don't think was the killer. No, so, I, I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think um, it was just just it was coincidence, like right? Yes. Um. Yeah. So then essentially she killed an innocent man. Yeah. But it, but he was a dick. So who he, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and why are you creeping around the house looking in basement windows? Right, yeah. Yeah, so my notes are like, I didn't know who was going to be dead. Oh, both, I guess. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All in like three different lines yeah. in my notebook. And then we have like every fucking person in the world walking through the crime scene. Sure, why not? 
reporters and whatnot. And we see Jess kind of in a coma or something in her bed. I feel like they gave her like a sedative, a sedative or something. Yeah. But I'm like, why didn't you take her to the hospital? Right? Just like lay her out on this bed. Yeah. And then like at first. Because then they take somebody else to the hospital. And I'm like, why didn't you take yeah. both of them to the hospital? But they like, like the lieutenant is like, I'm going to stay here with her. And then, like and then he later leaves. he's like, peace out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then as soon as like they leave her in the bed, I'm like, oh, well, she's fucking dead now too. 100%. So we don't actually see that she dies, but, like, yeah. there's no no uh, question she that she absolutely died. Oh, it was the dad. The other one that they took to the hospital was Claire's dad is just randomly sitting in Jess's room while they're Which trying to, like, like, doctor her. creepy on its own. Like, get the fuck out of here. You don't know this girl. Yeah. Like, yeah, you are a middle-aged man. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, Which, again, he was probably only 38. And then probably, <laughs> but then he's... He's sitting in this room in her, this chair in her room. He's another one where, like, the acting was bad. Yeah. Like, so he's sitting there just with this, like, weird look on his face, but completely alert and normal. Yeah. And then just, boom, what? all of a sudden yeah, passes yeah. out. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell was that? Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a very, like, creepy, effective ending to... Yeah. Uh, to kind of leave it unanswered if, For sure. if the yeah. killer's still in the house or not. Because yeah. I think, yeah, they, they thought they wrapped it up. She killed Peter. He was the bad guy. Yeah. The end, everything's solved and figured out. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. And that makes it, like, really scary. Because it's like, okay, everything is fine now. Like, we can, like, let you, like, rest. And yeah. we can, like, go and, like, do our paperwork yeah. at the end. Yeah. And that leaves her completely vulnerable. Yeah. Like, She's no unconscious. one is there with her. They've said she'll be unconscious for, up a like, four hours. hours or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not even going to be a challenge for this guy. To... No, not at all. Yeah. So I said it's a really effective, creepy ending that I still don't know if I fully understand. But now that we've talked it out a little, mm. okay, I, I yeah. understand a little more. Because I was still like, well, was he? But yeah. then the way they left it with her in bed and looking so vulnerable, I'm like... No, there's got to be another guy because oh, yeah. otherwise, you know, why set that? Yeah. Yeah. Will she, won't she die? Yeah. Ending up. And then my last note on this movie mm-hmm. is about poor Claire's character. Yeah. Or the actress who played Claire. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, getting hired for this movie and, like, the role? Well, you have two lines and then you just sit with plastic on your face for the whole rest of the movie. Like, yeah. She she literally just had a couple lines in the beginning and then was sitting there in a rocking chair with plastic on her face. The, the, the first person to die always gets that treatment, though. Yeah. I mean, look at, like, in, I guess, in yeah. Halloween, like, Michael Myers' sister, like, in the beginning, she just gets to basically say, like, Michael, get out of here. Yeah. I'm just brushing my hair with no shirt on. <laughs> and then she just gets stabbed and that's all we ever see of her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I found this movie entertaining. Yeah. Very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it didn't evoke any big feelings of anything one way yeah. or another. Just, yeah. you know, there. I guess, you know, I said the only time I was really scared was, um, was when Claire goes in the closet. Mm-hmm. Maybe the when you see the killer's eyeball, that is very creepy. It was like, creepy. very effective. It, I, I don't remember it making me jump or feel no, scared, it, but it was just, just like, like a, Ugh. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was not a it was not an intense movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was uh, yeah. I found it quite entertaining. Yeah. I um, I had such mixed feelings over the acting through the whole thing. There were yeah. times where I was like. 
ooh, cringe, and then yeah. times where I was yeah. like, I like the way that they just kind of casually interact and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like one thing maybe to me that, like, where the acting kind of took me out of it is I feel like there was a lot of over overdubbing in post-production. Oh. I feel, especially, like, in the beginning when you see Mar- Margot Kidder talking to her mom on the phone, I feel like that, like, all of her lines had to have been dubbed afterwards oh, it just okay. didn't feel like she was speaking them in the moment oh could be so i mean i i don't yeah. know but a lot of it just felt like it was like dubbed in post-production yeah. so overall i would say i enjoyed this movie and i also give it a seven nice uh seven out of ten rotary telephones i love it yes yes rotary um, telephones. so that was a good good one to end the year on i never yeah. would have encountered that movie in my life yeah, entirely and that. you know it's not anything that i'm like gonna think of ever again yeah, you yeah, know it was sure. just, it's just a, like a fun little movie yeah it was yeah. a f- and that's exactly it was fun it was a fun way to spend a couple hours yeah, and uh yeah, for sure and then just yeah that which is a lot of like the ones that i give you they're just fluffy movies yeah. that you watch and then they never occur to you yeah, again in yeah. your life right yeah so, so merry all... black christmas merry black christmas <laughs> that's takes us to the end of the year. That's, it does. Wow, yeah. like we've been at this for, is it, I guess, it's six months now, because I think yeah, we started in June. June or July, yeah. yeah. So um, this is episode 14, 14. already. So. Wow, look at yeah, us. Yeah, so 28 weeks, so however. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's guess that's half a year. Yeah. Wow, well, thanks everyone for continuing on this little journey with us. It's been so fun. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't wait to keep going. Absolutely. Even if we never get any, like, significant listeners or... Like a sig- you're all significant, you're all significant, but a significant number. Yes, of yes, yeah. Um, I just want to keep doing this it's, forever. Yeah, I'm having like so much fun with this. Watch movies and talk about yeah. it. It's, it's I awesome. I do have like I had this real like angsty moment this <laughs> past week where I was like. I need to watch a movie with Deanne at some oh, point. Yeah. So we're going to have to make a date to like watch a non-podcast related movie or something. Oh, fair. Okay. Yes. You go to the theater or something because <laughs> it's like, yeah. I had a half a thought that it's like, well, we could watch one together for the podcast or something. But yeah. I do agree with you that like the, yeah. the element of not knowing how the yes. other person reacted yeah, or felt sure. or anything. Even if you don't. Even if we were in the same room and didn't say what we thought. You can tell oh, how yeah. somebody's yeah, for sure. feeling, right? And, yeah. Uh, even by where I pause to write notes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we need to we need to make a date in the new year to like actually watch a movie. I'm down with it. Other. Let's do that. Yes. Yeah, maybe go to a theater. Say what? Yeah. That's a yeah. Thing. Um. So, what have we got in store for the new year? I am so excited for January. Me too. I have been. I mean. At least for the podcast. Who knows what January in real life is going to bring. But um, we, I proposed that we do childhood favorites for January. Yeah. Which any normal person would be like, this is a horror podcast. But you have <laughs> childhood favorites. And it's like, well, I do. Just watch me. Yeah. So our first movie of the year for going back to childhood is... Um, it's not my favorite movie of all time, but it is like, I just have such fond memories for this. I am so hardcore in love with this movie, with this series. I cannot wait to talk for three fucking hours on end <laughs> about Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, and, and you said like, it's weird that it's your childhood favorite, yeah. but I remember 
as a child, my peers talking yeah. about it. So oh. I think a lot of Freddie was everywhere in the Yeah, 80s. I think a lot of like a lot of young kids did watch it. 100%. So percent. Oh man, I cannot I can not wait. As a matter <laughs> of fact, tonight after dinner, I'm probably gonna watch Nightmare Tonight. Um, and I'll probably watch it again before we do the podcast. Do you think it's gonna scare me? There might be a couple of parts that will scare you. Just, I just ask because I, and I'm totally at this point open to being scared, yeah. but I'm surprised at how little I've found mm. scary so far. And I definitely have found some more of the like recent ones scarier. Okay. Than, than a lot I of feel like ones, you so. might be a little bit like creeped out. Mm. Um, there might be a couple of scenes that will like scare you, but I, I think you'll be okay. I definitely remember like as a kid when kids in my school or my cousins, I remember my cousins talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, being scared of even just talking about it. Like, I oh, was interesting. terrified of it yeah. as a kid. So I'm really curious yeah, to see how I for sure. respond to it. So while I'm watching Nightmare, um, I had to really think about favorite childhood movies. I have yeah. so many that are, like, what formed me as a person. And I was mm. trying to think of what movies did I want to watch over and over again. Yeah. And some of them were ones that you've seen already. So, mm-hmm. um... You know, so my choices were a little more limited. And <clears throat> I had an aha moment of a movie that I remember watching every chance I got. I think <laughs> it was a Disney movie, but not an animated one. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, we taped it off of TV. Yes. And I had it on a VHS with commercials that yep. you had to fast forward yep. through. Um, I wore the tape out. Like, watched <laughs> nice. over and over and yeah. over again. Um so it's called Flight of the Navigator. Okay. And I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm excited just to watch it again. I haven't yeah. watched it in years. Nice. Um, but yeah, I remember like being really, really like obsessed with it as yeah. a kid. So. Yeah. And we're doing two, like both weeks in January. Yes. We're doing childhood stuff yeah. and I can't wait for the next one too. Same. Um, yes. But yeah, so for this first one. Yeah. Light of the Navigator. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I might not be, but I remember it being a good movie, but now watch yeah. I'm curious to watch it with adult eyes. Say, well, I'm, I mean, I watch Nightmare all the time, but um, I think it's one of those movies that when we were first starting the podcast, we're like, there are going to be movies that we loved that like, when we go back and watch it, it's going to be like, ooh, that didn't, that's, yeah. 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 yeah so I, I am interested to see how you feel about mm. Nightmare because. I just fucking Coming love at it. it the first I time with adult eyes. Just love it. There is a four-hour documentary about Nightmare that I'll, I watch at least once a year. Oh, wow. It's called Never Sleep Again. It's on Shudder. It is so fucking good. Oh, cool. So good. Yeah. Well, so. I think we can oh, leave it at that for, yeah. for 2021. Yeah. Let's see what fresh hell 2022 brings us. But in so the meantime, much. you can find us on Instagram at Love and Horror Podcast. Uh, you can email us at loveandhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at lmclaura580. And I'm at Deanne Teresa. You can rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, tell That'd your friends. That'd be a good Christmas present. That's right, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so like once again, thanks everyone for joining us this year. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Honda Days. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Toyota Thon. <laughs> and to all a good night. And remember, all is fair in love, love and horror. horror.
meet me in St. Louis, Louis. I care that you threw her in that box. Like, seriously. <laughs> Get in that fucking box, Hazel. Who needs books when you have boobs? Who needs boobs when you have books? Oh, fair enough. <laughs>